So if somebody said, I am I'm an activist, I would well, agree. If somebody called me a performance artist, I would agree. If somebody called me any kind of a name, I would agree. But the fact is, I am a human being that, that uses art as a medium of expression. So I'm just an artist. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Art Persist podcast, a series by Bostler Arts offering a glimpse into the life of artists and activists from all over the world, here to share their stories with you, the listener. My name's Georgia and in this episode we speak to Nigerian multimedia artist Jalili Atiku. Jalili is an artist with political concerns for human rights and justice. Through drawing, installation, sculpture, photography, video and performance, Jalili strives to help viewers understand the world and expand their understanding experiences so that they can activate and renew their lives and environments. I sat down with Jalili just before the winter break and in this episode we talk about loads of different things from his live art performances which tackle topics of political assassinations in Nigeria to colonialism and the impact it still has in Nigeria today. And we also talk about his upbringing, his education and his bizarre experience of being in England for the Queen's funeral. Hope you enjoy. Well, I think what usually comes to my mind is the, the Asian stories of Obatala, mm. which is the energy of creativity in Yoruba. Oh. You know? And so that is what comes to my mind, and that is... Um, what really inspired me about creating things, mm. things that benefit humanity, things that make us to grow. So when you create in that process, you are aligned with the energy of the world, mm. you know, and so you are heading, you know, the the progress of humanity. So mm. it's, it's aligned, it's a story of alignment with the energy of Obatala. What is that exactly? Could you describe it a little bit more? Yeah, Obatala is a Yoruba deity, which is the one of the that important and uh, primordial deity of the Yoruba that is in the responsibility of creating. You know, it mm. is uh, believed that the Obatala energy creates human being. Oh. you know, models. You know, the 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 body of the human being before the life energy is passed into it. Wow. Yeah. So to, to me, aligning with that energy is to continue the creation process, you know, which Obatala sets in motion. Mm. That's so beautifully put. And thank you so much, Jalili, for joining us on the Arpacist podcast. Well, thank you so much to, for um, inviting me. It's great to have you. Could you tell me a bit about your early life? Where did you grow up and what was life like? Yeah, I was born... In 1968, in Ejibo, one of the kind of a suburb of uh, of Lagos as a state. Mm. So I brought here. I was brought up here. My father was a soldier who died during the civil war. Oh, so wow. I am a product of um, post Nigerian civil war. Okay. So I grew, grew up in in a small in a village that had grown up to be a, a big town at uh, the moment, and. Uh, also struggle i was brought up in in two uh, multiple 
culture, which is my, my grandparents were Muslim, so I was brought up mm-hmm. in an Islamic way. Then right. I also attend, attended the Western uh, Structure School mm-hmm. and also had an, an uh, exposure to the television, to the, the culture of the Asian through the television. Mm-hmm. So brought up in that way. And but along the line, I was alienated from my own indigenous culture, which is yeah. the European uh, culture. So mm-hmm. that is the simple way that was can describe how I was brought up. Okay. And what was your introduction to art? Yeah, I think it started in in my early age, formative age, in, mm. in, in the secondary school. We call it the secondary school. And uh, there we do uh, fine art as a subject. And uh, my art teacher was a very good person. And so I was very close to him mm. and had opportunity to learn from him. His name is uh, uh, Sunday Babalola. Mm. You know? But so and that was where when I, I I began building this strong interest in 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 the subject and let her uh, take it as a profession. Amazing. Were there any artists in your early life in that in your secondary school that really stood out to you or inspired you? Yeah, unfortunately, there was none except mm. my fine art teacher. Okay. You know, so he's the only one that I I, I am exposed to this work. I, I I was not really exposed to the academic way of 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 learning arts in, in the codes. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is is I was not exposed to every other artist except that the one that my art teacher you know um, teaches me. But I wasn't mm-hmm. learning art history at that time. I was simply learning you know the techniques of drawing of mm-hmm. of the, you know fine arts you know with little knowledge of 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 the arts, just the basics, divination, color theory, and also things like that. So I was not into art history at that mm-hmm. time. You know, so who I could just say to inspire me is my fine art teacher, and of course later on was you know the idea um, of 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 the of the Yoruba itself. Okay, amazing. And once you left school, what did you do? After I left school, I have to enroll for to study arts, fine arts in Amadebelo University, mm. where I, I specialize in sculpture. Nice. You know, so after that, I also did my master's, the same in sculpture. Mm. That's so interesting because um, you're obviously a very interdisciplinary artist. You know, you work across drawing, installation, sculpture, as you said, live arts, performance and video. Where do all the different mediums meet for you? Yeah, it's it's a kind of involvement because, mm-hmm. of course, I, I studied sculpture. I did not... Uh, and that's a multidisciplinary uh, disposition when I was in the university. I I built it up myself, mm. you know. So I could say that my 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 practice evolved into you know using a different kind of a medium for my expression, essentially performance. Yeah. My my quest for you know or what I could say my quest for decolonization brought me into you know practicing performance. Ah, that's so interesting. Could you expand on that a little bit? You know, I told you earlier on that I was I, I grew up in an Islamic way, in, yeah. in, in a Muslim uh, Islamic culture, and also having a foreign culture that I was not um uh I was not opportune to really live as a Yoruba, indigenous Yoruba culture. Mm. 
So mm-hmm. that's that's in a way build up a kind of a protest in my mind, yeah. and that's become a kind of an energy of trying to understand who am I really, you know. And mm-hmm. so after my university, when I was in the university, I begin to have that rebellion attitude of trying to know the practice of art in indigenous Yoruba, which I have been alienated from. So mm-hmm. I begin to make a lot of research. And so when I left university, in when I was doing my master's degree, uh, my master's studies, then that was when I decided to go into artistic practice as it has been done in indigenous Yoruba. And mm-hmm. that is performance. Okay. So where art become a total art, you know, and body become a stranger uh, element, a central material that is used for expression. Yes. And your performance art, we're going to talk a, a bit more about it. And it's, but from what I've seen of it, it it's so powerful and it really is. Um, yeah, it's like you're embodying the message and what you're trying to get across through, yeah, literally through your body. Yeah. Um, do you remember the first performance art that you created? Yeah, the first work I did was in 2004, mm-hmm. which was titled Ewawo Nigerian Prisoner. Yes. Yeah. In that piece, because at that time, you know, I, I was that was my during my master's MA and the master's degree studies in, in the University of Lagos. Mm-hmm. And my research was on using sculpture as advocacy, mm-hmm. you know, material. It references prison conjunction in Nigeria, especially in Lagos State. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to put myself as a prisoner in, 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 close, in an in, in enclosed space. I as assembled metal bed, you know, iron metal iron bed, which the student use and abandoned in some areas. And I put them together and create an enclosed space. And I put myself inside for about five hours. Oh, wow. You know, so I was there trying to, you know, restrict my movement to be able to imagine and experience how, how the prisoners are being subjected to. Yeah. And the condition which the prisoners go through. That sounds incredibly powerful, but also must have been quite psychologically difficult for you. What was it like to be in there for five hours? Yeah, it, it was difficult, but... but uh, but, you know, dramatically, something happened in 2016 that made me to recall that event. And that was when I was sent to jail, to, to, to prison, mm. after, I did, after I did my performance in 2016. So that was when I began to feel the, the trauma, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like recalling that moment. It was like when you are being restricted, you don't have a movement, you can go anywhere. You're put in a small space, in, a, in, in, in like... Like a like a square space, you yeah. could see the mental of it, the, the trauma that you go through. Yeah, it was, was really traumatizing. Mm. Actually, you know, it was really really traumatizing. I can completely imagine that. And you, yes, I think I read that you've been arrested. I think twice for your art. Was yeah. that was that both from your performance work? Yes, of one of them was for, for my performance work. Well, the other one was my from my principles of, 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 of uh, enhancing and protecting indigenous Yoruba religion and indigenous Yoruba culture in, wow. in, my, in, my, in my own space. Wow. Yeah. 
And if you're happy to answer this, how long at each time were you were you held in prison? I was a week. It was a week in total. I was like a week, about seven seven days, more than mm. I think seven or eight days. Mm. So scary. Yeah, really, it's really scary. And and sometimes when I remember it, I felt, you know, I felt really, really, really traumatized. The more for 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 the injustices that has been part of our life. Mm. No, absolutely, and. Bossa Arts is is all about really sharing, you know, the stories, obviously, and the works of artists who are facing, you know, different threats to their artistic freedom, but also, you know, about showing how much of a threat art can be to different governments, different regimes, different, you know, places all around the world. And what I love about your work is that you you never stop kind of using your your work as a a tool to raise awareness or make a statement or kind of uncover injustices that are going on. Your art, your artist statement says, for a decade, I've put my art at service of the prevailing concerns of our times, especially those issues threatening our collective existence and the sustenance of our universe. Why do you think art is such a powerful tool to discuss these issues? Yeah, first of all, let me say that art is sacred. Mm. The sacredness of it is come that it penetrates, it, it has this special, it's, it's, it's an energy that, are, that, it, that penetrates into the mind, into the psychic of the beholder, of the audience, mm. you know. So being special, it's like also have a kind of organic way of negotiating dialogue. It's mm. like become an opening where human can easily, you know, put their own life into it and they'll be able to understand their own meanings, getting deriving their own meanings from me, you yeah. know, and also resonate very easily to their own existence. Mm. So that'll make it more, you know, that, that sacred energy. Hi, I'm Hossam Fazula, co-founder of Bosla Arts. Did you know we also have a magazine featuring seven artists from different parts of the world who are using their work to stand up to some of the most oppressive regimes? As a listener to the Art Process podcast, you can get 15% using the code T-A-P-P. That's all in capital T-A-P-P. Now back to the podcast. What I was going to ask you next is just about some a few of your performances that have really stood out to me. You've mentioned one already, but I also wanted to ask you about your performances of Stop the Killings and the Victim of Political Assassination. I don't know, if, were those linked to the one, your first one that you mentioned? Yes, of course, it was not, it was, wasn't led to that, but it's like kind of a progression into, you know, probe into our experiences. Mm. as uh, people of the world yeah and when you look at it there's a lot of violence that's going on all over the world every country of the world as we are talking right now there is a violence going on somewhere someplace in part of the world and 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 to me i needed to to begin to open up our consciousness into it so let us understand that 
we do not need to be violent to each other. Mm-hmm. We all need to understand that we're all co-habitants of the world. Mm-hmm. And in cohabitating the world, we need to also understand that there's a lot of energy, there's a lot of life that mm-hmm. around us that we need to also sustain. So the, at the time I did the political killing, what was really prominent in, my, in Nigeria at that time were political figures were being killed. Mm. At the time, at that time, there was a prominent Lagosian who, who contested for Lagos State Governor and uh, Bunshaw Williams, mm. who was killed. So, and at that time, I, I was feeling so paranoid. Mm. The fear was so mobile in me that I that I that I needed to to you know begin to open up a conversation about it and let Nigerian understand that this is defining our character. Mm. So we need to end it, and that was why. I, I, I put myself like a corpse being wrapped with the Nigerian flag. Wow. And, and, and I clothed my face with kinds of ceramics liquid. Mm. You know? And when you look at the face, it's like decaying. Mm. You know? So this is just to, for people to, to be, for them to feel, you know, that at any time that violence occurs, we are at a disadvantaged position because mm-hmm. either one of one of us died or one of person leave the world. Mm-hmm. So it's either in one of the acts of, of violence, we are being diminished, you know, by yeah. a unit of human life. Yeah. Yeah. So the second one, which is which is to stop the killing, mm-hmm. which is you know strictly addressing. The devilish acts or the the evil of Boko Haram in Nigeria, mm. which started in 2000 and 2009. Yes, this, it is the kind of Islamic sect that have killed thousands of Nigeria, mm. and they keep destroying and they keep striking and killing people, yeah. you know, in the country. Yeah. So in the performance, I asked people of the world to write a passionate letter. To the people of the of the, the group of the Boko Haram, and I asked people to send. So people send all over the world, and I published that in a booklet, which I distributed throughout in the performance, like oh, a really? letter to Boko Haram. So that I believe that Boko Haram is become faceless people, but mm. they are they are Nigerians, which most of us cannot identify. That we don't know them. So that I believe by by the time I distribute those letter in the public space, one way or the other one of the members will get hold of it. Yeah, that's really powerful. And it it raises actually another question I wanted to ask you about the relationship with your audience when you're doing these performances, because I think you said that you use your performance to get a reaction from your audience, whether that's shock or upset, making them feel uncomfortable or moving them. What can you just talk a bit more about your, your relationship with your audience? Let me first of all say this, that mm. without my audience, that will not be my performance. So mm. my audience is part, is, is an integral element in the performance. Yeah. And so, and because my performance is to open up a conversation. So the conversation is between myself and, and the audience. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they are, they are an important, indispensable element 
in the performance. It's like a collaboration. Yeah. And in the doing of the courses, there is an exchange of an silent, which I, which I want to call as a sacred conversation that is innate, innate between my audience and myself. Mm. So when I work with them, we have this dialogue, then I feel their energy and they also my feed my energy. And the most important thing is that when I do the performance, my audience should be able to feel certain kind of feel things within their own body. Mm. They should try to connect to their own memory, try to activate their own archival body and pick yeah. meanings, you know, from the actions and objects and even the space that I, that I, that I perform. Mm. So it's like kind of a negotiating, you know, into yeah. their own space, into their own mind process. And I mean, my, my, their own thinking process in order to achieve psychological or emotional or a kind of a thing that open up a conversation within themselves. Mm. Absolutely. Is there a memory of an interaction with the audience that particularly stays in your mind? Wow, that's, that is actually a lot of them. But the one that, that come out in this moment mm. was when I did a performance that I titled Senator Yerima's wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, in that performance was to open up a conversation about the legislation, the current legislation at that time, that where the Senate of Nigerian government were trying to enact law to put the age of marriage of a girl to like nine years old. Oh wow. Yeah. And to, to me, I find it really unbelievable and, yeah. and, 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 and so ridiculous. Yeah. That despite that Nigeria is struggling with infrastructural develop, development that need a lot of legislation, mm. the, the legislators were burdening their mind in trying to, you know, legislate on the age of a marriage of a girl. Yeah. You know, so during the performance, Somebody in in the audience actually thought that I was actually marrying a girl of a younger age <sighs> because I, I dress up in in a breeder world, which is has, has to do with really mixtures of traditional and, and Asian, I mean, and and Christian Christian attire, mm-hmm. and also and, and Arabic attire, and also my my bride also had um, a Christian wedding attire. Yeah. And so they actually thought I was marrying the girl. Oh and so God. one of the others, in, in, in a way of protest, threw a stone at me, <gasps> you know, and which oh. landed on my body and it was so painful. Oh. Yeah. So that was one. And the second one was Aragamago, you know, mm. which I, I tied to Aragamago with leader, with leader um, domestic terrorism. Okay. When I got arrested, I was prison, put into prison. Mm. I was not only the one that was arrested, part of the audience and also part of my family member were arrested. Really? They were put into jail. Mm. So these are kind of a reactions that, that, that the performance put into. And that's a kind of a, it's kind of a negotiation that go into the extreme. Mm. You know, and a kind of a dialogue, that silent dialogue that go into the extreme. Yeah. You know? 
That's really interesting. And I think um, in the first example, you said it's, that's probably like the biggest reaction you could get from someone like so upset that they're throwing a stone at you, which is obviously terrible, but it shows as well that you're, you know, through that work you brought in into that person's mind, the reality of, of what was happening, what, what, the change in legislation would mean, which is that you would actually be marrying a child. So it sounds incredibly powerful. Do you consider yourself an activist then? Well, in the process of doing my art as an artist, as a human being, mm. if anybody actually wished to, you know, to assign a description to me, I would readily accept it. I would mm. So if somebody said I am I'm an activist, I would well agree. If somebody called me a performance artist, I would agree. If yeah. somebody called me any kind of a name, I would agree. But the fact is, I am a human being that mm. that uses art as a medium of expression. So I'm just an artist. Yeah, I love that answer. <laughs> I wanted to find the final piece. I really wanted to ask you about was one that I saw online recently. And I just loved it. It's called Don't Eat Garlic Near the Queen. And I was thinking, I was hoping you could describe it a little bit because you, you're wearing amazing clothes, but you also, I think, have you painted yourself in it? And then, yeah, could you tell us a bit about the work and describe it to us? Well, the performance titled Don't Eat the Garlic Near the Queen mm was to, like I said, like, like my other performances, was to open up a conversation about you know, the legacy of Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. I was in London during the burial. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I had the opportunity to visit the, the Royal Palace. Mm-hmm. And I was, it was a, an amazing thing to see the mammoth crowd of people coming to pay homage by bringing flowers and all of that in, in into the palace. Mm. It was like, it was a huge crowd, you know. Huge. And then suddenly I begin to question myself, my existence, my presence in that space and referencing my colonial body. Yeah. You know, and, and, and trying to see, and I felt that the, the, the people of, of the, the British actually had a, a, a deep respect for the, the, their own indigenous traditional value. Mm. But here in Nigeria, the British have killed the value before they left. Yeah. And so it become like, you see, like like kind of question that, oh, if you actually, truly you value your own indigenous system, why then did you destroy our own value? Mm-hmm. So it means that you also have some things that your own indigenous value do not like people to do. Yeah. And so that was the metaphorical statement of using the garlic. Mm. And you don't, you don't eat garlic near the queen because the, the queen will feel offensive. <laughs> yeah. So the same thing that we, the indigenous people of the Yoruba, for example, we are, we are still feeling the offensive nature of the British where they destroyed our own indigenous value. Yeah. They destroy our indigenous political value. Mm-hmm. They, they, they destroy our religious value. They destroy our social value. They destroy our indigenous um, civilization value, you know? Yeah. And they also destroy our humanistic value. Yeah. So the performance is all about that. And, and in the performance, 
I try to embody the, the royal figure. Mm. And so that's why I had the the British flag. Yeah. And I painted my, my face in gold dust. Mm. And that is a reference to some of the things that I saw in the royal palace. When you see the entrance gate, it's adorned with gold-plated metal. Mm. And the sculpture in the center of the, of the garden of um, of the palace had, had a gold uh, sculptural piece, uh, the longest, you know, uh, uh, pedestals in, in the UK, you know, mm. had it there, if, I, if I'm correct. Yeah. So, and that was to signify the the capitalist nature of British in in, in, in present in every colonial space they, they find themselves. Yes. You know, trying to acquire resources and destroying the people, yeah. you know. Then, I assembled bones, which I create like a kind of a pyramid. And I try to ask the question, and it's, it's a metaphor of, you know, the existence and the death of, of the wearer of bone. Mm. So the bones, of course, they are cow bones, but you will know that the bones ordinarily was alive and had a flesh on it. And when you are not seeing the flesh of the bone, that it means that the wearer of that bone must have died. Mm. You know, so to me, the state of which we are as an indigenous people, it's like that bone, and we, the, the the British have put us into that state of yeah. mind and in this yeah. state of, of political structures and whatever anything. Mm. So that was what the performance is all about: questioning, you know, our own existence yeah. at the moment. Our own identity as the moment, and for us to understand that at a point, these people that the British people came destroyed us. We need to renegotiate, re also define our own system. Mm. You know, yeah, definitely. And it's it's an amazing piece, Thank and you. it's, I mean, it's so true. I'm I'm British, and there is a collective what's the expression, you know, pulling a cloth over your eyes with the British and our history. I think it's slowly changing now where people are, especially young people, I would say, are really trying to, you know, get the government, get the the monarchy to, to take responsibility for our colonial pe- period, which caused devastation in so many parts of the world. And like you said, was in nature capitalist you know and i think that's something that we're questioning ourselves is like how can we how can we deal with the fact that you know so much of our wealth has come from the the basically plundering of other countries it's a very good point and i think art is a great like things like your performance art really bring it to the forefront and make people question it in a way that perhaps they didn't do before yeah, thank you so much for that comment. It's, it's really important. Yeah, slowly, slowly. I mean, the British government at the moment is really, really terrible, but but there is definitely a uh, there is a new there is a change. I think in the in the youth and hope in the youth um, of the UK. You know, people people wanting to wanting change to be real. You know, and for recognition i think of of our history which is it is terrible <laughs> there's no other way to say it yeah i actually want to i agree with what you just said and also 
also contribute further to say that we we need to increase our own sensitivity, you know, about the, to the past to the present, and also for yeah. us able to define, you know, influence the future, mm-hmm. because we went through a lot of traumatic uh, past in the hands of the British, but of course the British have gone. Yeah, you know, so the the, the present situation we need to also understand that we need to redefine ourselves and also look into the peculiarity of our space, of our own existence, and mm-hmm. that to fashion out the way which we need to. We need to also understand that the British have fashioned our own reasoning, and we mm-hmm. also need to understand that we have to refashion our own reasoning also, yeah. to suit our own, you know. That, that is self-examination and put forward. And also the British also, we need to understand that they've caused a lot of havoc to our life, mm-hmm. and it's it, it, one, one of the things that the British find it difficult to apologize. Yeah. So they should do that so that we can set in the healing process and a lot of us will feel more comfortable. Let them apologize sincerely. Mm. And in apologizing, they also need to put into system, into feel that, for example, you know, the, the, one of the things that actually was so pertinent that immediately after my performance, there was the issue of racism of the royal family that came mm. out into the fall. You know, that this other is also, also in the debate at the moment. So that was exactly what I, I tried to put, you know, into fall. And I mm. was so glad that it's come into. A, a friend of mine was saying the other time that he has begun to say that my words are big like a prophecy. Yeah. I, said, well, I wasn't prophesized in code, but I was, I was, I was, I was trying to, you know, put attention into some areas which, which we need to look at it critically. Yeah. You know, so we need to look, look at our life more critical, mm. critically, and be able to, you know, um, reposition the direction at which we go. I definitely agree with you, and I think also it's so important, you know, for just like you said, looking also at contemporary life, and you know, understanding that nothing, none of the events of the world or anything that's going on in the world is separate from its past. You know, how can you look at? You know, let's take uh, the Middle East, for example, you know, that the French and the British literally got a map and drew out the carvings of what is today known as the Middle East. And even the term the Middle East is is colonial. (laughs) And, you know, how can we you can't understand what's going on in one situation now without understanding what happened in the past and and how we kind of I feel like with with recognition of that, we can all move forward you know but it's it's definitely difficult yeah it's difficult but i i i i want i want to think we can do it i want mm-hmm. to think we can do it if if we achieve greatness in science and all of that areas we could we should be able to uh, achieve uh greatness in 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 humanity in, yes. in humanitarian part of us mm. you know absolutely Based on everything we've said and all of the work that you do, are you hopeful of the future? Well, well, that question is well, <laughs> that question is is more or like uh, logic. Mm. You know, the future will come. The mm. future will definitely come, but the issue is our own vision, our own vision, our own, our own. What values are we bringing to the future? Mm. 
So the, the, the future will definitely come. Whether you prepare, you don't prepare for it, it will come. And if future does not come, it means that one individual future will not materialize. But as a collective body of people, the future will definitely come. Hmm. But what values are we bringing into that? I will, I will bring, I will bring in the same capitalist uh, values that has, has, has uh, eaten all of our part of our essences, or I will bring in uh, into the future the human humanitarian part of us, hmm. because it will definitely come. Nobody can stop it. This is natural. We'd like to thank Jalili for joining us for this week's episode. If you'd like to learn more about his work, please check the description for links. And thank you for listening to the Art Persist podcast. As always, if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate it, follow and share it online. Only with your help can these really important stories be heard. Otherwise, we'll see you next week for the season two finale.